Thanks for listening to another episode of the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on this IBG episode, I, I wanted to focus on the beginners, most likely. I mean, I'm sure, you know, anyone, this could apply to anyone at any time in their business. But uh, typically, this is a, a beginner, you know, a, a rookie mistake or topic, you know, that that um, we can discuss and potentially learn from just from my own experiences. Again, I'm, I'm no expert or anything like that, but the whole point of my podcast and any content that I create, not only is it enjoyable for me to create, whether it be, you know, maybe putting together YouTube videos and kind of making them, you know, the way I put them together and edit them and entertaining and all that. I mean, there's that kind of aspect of the creative process that I enjoy, but it's also what I'm actually, what the content's about, like what message I'm trying to share, what story I'm telling or what setup, you know, someone else's setup that I'm showing or, or, you know, interviewing someone to, to help, you know, spread knowledge to, to the community, to everyone listening, to hopefully help, uh, grow personally and professionally um, themselves. So that's, you know, that, that, that's what I do. Right. So, and none of these things are right or wrong answers. They're all just people's experiences that people have gone through, you know, right or wrong. And, you know, we're, we, I just want to share them and they, and they want to share them to try and help. So I just say all that to say that, of course, everything I say here is not, is not uh, necessarily, you know, the only way or, or, hardcore facts or whatever. They're just the things that I've lived through and, and experienced and learned along the way that I want to share. So with all that being said, uh, when I first started uh, in lawn care, I had, I had to get a job uh, after my, the end of my first year, I actually went to Amazon, the fulfillment center here in um, the Richmond, Virginia area. There's actually a couple of different fulfillment centers that have, um, you know, that, that you, they have multiple different jobs you can do in there, right? Everything runs through these fulfillment centers as they call them, you know, all the merchandise, all the trucks go there to drop off pallets and pallets of different products. And then all those products, all those pallets have to be broken down. All the products have to be, you know, separated and distributed and, you know, and, and be, it's called put, you know, are you a picker or are you a putter? You know? So like, those are two main jobs right there. Then you have the packers, right? But they're sorters. I mean, there's, there's all these different job categories, but the pickers and the putters, those are the ones that are constantly scanning all of these items into different bins in different areas. You know, everything's organized based on all types of scenarios. I don't even remember the organization of it all, but everything has its place and it's all scanned in. So every item in the fulfillment center can be located at any given point, as long as someone didn't mess, mess something up, right? Sometimes stickers fall off or somebody scans something into the wrong bin, like next to it or whatever. And of course there's all kinds of audits and checks and balances to keep that to a minimum as much as possible, of course. But that's kind of, you know, the whole system, the whole Amazon fulfillment center is, is crazy. Like, you know, the, the amount of technology involved and that was, you know, 10 years ago. I'm sure it's improved even more now, but you still needed people to to do all this stuff, you know, to, to try and keep it organized and automated. And then you have the pickers that, you know, have basically an orders on their scanners. You know, you don't have the customer's information, obviously, but you just boop, here comes an order on your scanner. Like it's constant. It's, it's nonstop. As soon as you're done picking one order and you complete it and, you know, you scan it, you go around and you 
scan everything out of the bins where they're at in all different locations and aisles. Of course, they're in the same general section, but sometimes you got to go way down, you know, 10, 20, 30 aisles down to get something. They try to group it together, but sometimes when, when, when they're putting them away, they don't necessarily put them together. Sometimes they put them in a scattered about method. And we always had jokes like, you know, man, people are, you know, they, they, they're probably messing with us or trying to make it harder for us. You know, like they couldn't have just scanned them all in one bin or scanned them in different bins in, in the aisle. I get you run out of room and you got to find another bin, but dang, you know, so relatively, you know, it's, it's, it's organized and you, you, you know, you pick everything you, 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 in one order, you're done. Then you move on to the next one. It's, it's just constants. Warehouse environments, crazy. Like it was, <laughs> I thought retail was fast paced and stressful, but man, it's, it's borderline slave labor at, at these, uh, um, warehouse atmospheres, man. It's just like they, they're, they're all about the numbers and productivity and everyone's got goals and they're on it, you know, and they, they can track everybody by their scanners. Every single employee has a scanner. So they know where you are at all, at all times, you know, based on the cameras, security cameras and your scanner, they can pinpoint where people are. Like the, it would be funny. You would randomly see like, you know, I would just randomly see a scanner or something just chilling on a shelf somewhere. I'm like, Oh boy, where'd Johnny go? You know? And then I, you know, a little while later I'd be like, you know, Three two four, three two four. You know, you see like all these like loss prevention officers like scouring through the aisles, and you know they kind of process of elimination. And then they go in the bathroom, and there's Johnny just chilling in the bathroom doing who knows what, just trying to kill time for ten fifteen minutes or whatever. But they they know as soon as you, as soon as you you know they they check all the scans, and as soon as the scans drop off, you know, and there's a, a certain amount of time in between scans. They're like, well, what's going on? And then they pull up the cameras and look, and where was the last scan in this aisle? This been where's johnny he ain't there anymore the last scan was this time there he is where'd he go look he's going around the corner he disappeared all right and then you just start figuring it all out it's crazy like a high security like metal detectors coming in and out you're not allowed to bring anything in like your cell phones all that stuff has to be left in your car you just bring your car keys and that's it you got to go through metal detectors. They issue like nylon and plastic belts so that you can have like, a, there's an express lane that you can go through. Um, so you don't have to wait in the long line to go through the metal detector. If you're trying to leave to go on, on your lunch, or if you're just trying to go home, it speeds it up by going through the express lane, but you have to make sure you're not setting off the alarm. If you set off the alarm too many times in the express lane, then they, you know, they, they force you to go back through the regular lane. You kind of get, I think you might get written up or a verbal warning or whatever nonsense. They're very, very strict because, I mean, it's the Amazon facility, like anything and everything that Amazon sells is there. So how can they prove if it's yours or not? Right. It just makes it so much easier by saying you can't bring it. It's like higher, high, more high tech security than TSA. It's crazy at the airport. So um, I had my nylon belt. So I just, you know, just zip on through the express lane and go on my lunch and get that extra five, 10 minutes or whatever without having to wait in lines and all that nonsense. But yeah, it was a crazy environment and to say all that, to say that um, I won't be doing that again, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that maybe be, may be doing that now or may want to do that in the future. And that's perfectly fine. It, it definitely achieved the goal. Um, you know, I, I don't put anything down. It's just not for me. Like, I'm, you know, retails for someone, not for me. Amazon fulfillment centers for someone, not for me and so on and so forth. But my first year going full time in lawn care, I didn't have any money saved up. I didn't really have anything figured out. I, I just, I just kind of went for it. You know, I, I quit retail. Like I had one year part-time that I was still in retail and did like six lawns. I think, um, uh, I think they were all weekly and they were scattered all over town. 
uh, the, 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 my last year in retail. So I was still in retail management and trying to mow six lawns in between everything and on my days off and all that nonsense or day off. Typically I really only had like one good solid day off. A lot of times I had to kind of work a half a day on my, one of my days off or get called in or whatever. It was just, just, just a mess. It was just crazy. I had no quality of life, which hence why I was trying to find a way out And lawn care was, was that for me? Um, I was the homeowner that really enjoyed the lawns and made my lawn the most beautiful lawn when we were up in, um, up in New York state. Um, and then we moved down here and, you know, I didn't have a lawn to take care of because it was all maintenance free. The, the, the homeowner association that we lived in, which birthed my, you know, beginning of my lawn care business being in an HOA like this was kind of like my secret weapon and advantage and helped give me that boost. Cause I, I don't know what would have happened if I was in some other random neighborhood or a neighborhood that wasn't even a neighborhood like an HOA or whatever, but you know, there's a Facebook group. So it was, it was easy for me to kind of help spread the word of my business and neighbors talk to neighbors. And some of them were, were already our friends from living there for a few years. And, you know, the word starts to spread when, when uh, people want to be helpful and you have a new business and you're trying to, you know, make something out of it and you start to do good work. And then that, uh, you know, uh, excels and, and, and all that. So it's just, it's just one of those things that, um, it, it, it all kind of worked out, but back to what, what I was saying is, you know, I, I was that homeowner, um, that really enjoyed the lawns and everything, you know, in, in before we moved down to Virginia. So that was always just kind of in the background. So that was, that was what I kind of leaned into and I was able to do it part-time for a year, realized how one, how amazing I felt doing it, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, being out there on the lawns by myself, being my own boss, not having to worry about nasty customers all day, every day, crazy hours, crazy employees, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, you know, as you grow your lawn care business and, and you have, and you need employees and, you know, you kind of start getting back in that same, that same you know, zone there, that same, uh, scenario, but it's still not the same as retail management, of course, cause you don't need as many people. You're not dealing with the same kind of things and so on. And it's different type of people that you're looking for, for lawn care landscaping versus someone to ring on a register or, or fold some clothes and, you know, clean out the, the chain dressing rooms and all that kind of stuff. So obviously there's still differences there, but starting out being solo, when I was doing it part-time specifically, I was just like really, really enjoying being outside. I'm an outdoor person to begin with. So I love being outside. One of the many reasons why we moved further South from, or moved South, New York is not South, moved South. You know, we didn't go all the way down South to like Georgia or Florida or anything like that. But, you know, we stopped here in in Virginia, which is kind of central, central, uh, you know, of the, of the, the state central of the country. And, um, you know, so we have more of the seasons and, and it's warmer longer than, than, than it was up in New York and all that good stuff. But so I, I just enjoyed being able to be outside and working outside and just all those things. I don't know what it really, what it was, except all the things that I just said. Um, I can't really pinpoint one particular thing, but I, I just really think that, you know, one, I enjoy lawn care, right. As a homeowner. So I was able to just kind of replicate that multiple times, right. Six times or whatever it was every week, you know, vicariously through everyone else's lawns that I was taking care of. And I just felt like, I, I just felt good about myself. Cause I was like, man, I'm like, you know, I'm making money. I'm a, I'm a business owner, even though I was part-time and didn't even have anything official yet. I was just kind of winging it. But I mean, I just felt really good about that being my own boss and not having to worry about all the headaches and stress of retail and, and, and that whole deal that I had going on for 15 years. And 
was just really enjoying all everything about lawn care that the, the, the work itself, being alone, being outside, typically in nice weather, obviously, you know, the beginning and the end is, is cold, but, and, and in the middle, it gets pretty hot sometimes. Right. But I, I enjoyed all of that variety for the most part. Um, and I really just think it was more of the freedom and, and being in control of my own schedule, even though it was still like a lot of hustle and bustle because I had to squeeze in these lawns in between retail management. When I was out there on the lawns, I felt great. And and it was one of those things where I just realized, man, while I'm out there on the lawns, I'm like, dang, if, if I could do this full time, that would be amazing. You know, like, and, and then I'm like, well, how can I do that? How can I do this? How can I figure that out? How can I, you know, uh, replace my current, you know, decent, decently high retail management salary after being in retail for 15 years and working, you know, going from one company to the, to the next, you know, only like, I think three or four companies in total that I worked for in those 15 years. Unfortunately, you know, you make more money when you leave those companies to go down the, either you get recruited and they're trying to offer you more money or you are just applying to go work somewhere and you ask for more money. And, you know, so, you know, usually you can get a little more, you usually get more, you usually get the most when people are trying to recruit you from somewhere, but which I had that opportunity. I had that, uh, fortunately I had that opportunity as well, which is, which is really good because usually in my lifetime, not to go down too deep of a rabbit hole, but you know, usually throughout those 15 years and my whole life prior to that as well, I, I was never like the, the person that I was never like a teacher's pet. I was never like an overachiever. I was never the recognized person, but I was always the hard worker, always the nice guy, always the people person, always the silent leader that people gravitated to in times of need and asked me for feedback or what do we do or suggestions. But I never got the recognition. I never got like, hey, you know, you you want to um, we have this new position coming up. You know, you want to you want to apply for it or I think this would apply for you or whatever, like, you know, no, no real pats on the back, no real um, levels of achievement or, you know, any kind of those opportunities to advance, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Unless I made those, I had to create those opportunities. I had to fight for all those opportunities. I would be the most qualified person in the store or in my environment, in my class, whatever it, it was, you know, to do blank or be blank, you know, or get promoted to blank and, you know, or transfer to, to wherever. But I always, you know, I always got passed up on, by whoever, whoever was the biggest butt kisser or, you know, whatever that the, the biggest politicker, you know, not, not to sound mean, but that's just the way the world is, you know, whoever did, did the most talking, the most networking and all that stuff. So I learned early on how important that was and how critical that was. And that might be one of the reasons why I'm such a good networker now. I've never been a butt kisser and I never will be a butt kisser. And I, and one of the biggest compliments that I've ever gotten by a store manager that I didn't particularly like as much was, she said, I'm not a butt kisser, like blank, you know, like one of the other managers at the time, you know, she, she said, you know, you're not, I, I like that. You're not a butt kisser. You know, you, you just, you know, you, uh, you, you just keep it real, you know, like, you know, you're, you're nice and you're professional, but you're not a butt kisser and, and, and you get the job done. And, that that was really good that someone recognized that finally. But I, I definitely know how to network. I definitely know how to, how to talk to talk with the right people at the right time and nurture those relationships and, you know, uh, utilize those relationships when the time comes and so on. And, you know, you fast forward to everything that you guys may know now in social media and LCR media and everything that I've achieved and everything that I try to continue to do and all the new things like LCR Summit and all that, then it all, it all kind of makes sense. But... 
at any rate, you know, back then, um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, I, I remember. I, I was, was <laughs> I went down this rabbit hole because I was talking about how I I did get recruited once, which felt good because that was like one of the few times where I was recognized by someone outside of the company that 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 I was at, where someone had came came into my store. I was the store manager at the time of the company I was working at, and another company came. A store manager from another company came, and he was shopping my store and just you know asked, you know, to speak to me, you know, asked one of my team members or whatever to, to for the manager. And he, he complimented me on, on how he had shopped in a couple of other, you know, local stores within the same company as mine. Um, you know, they're all like 20, 30 minutes apart. You know, some of these stores, they, they pop them up all over the place in different malls and shopping centers. But, uh, he, uh, he complimented that it was the nicest, most organized, whatever. And he just said it was the nicest store, all these different things. And he wanted to, wanted to know if I was interested in other opportunities. So basically he was recruiting me to come work for his company. So that felt good. And ultimately I didn't end up going to that company, but I did go through the process of trying to like, you know, like the whole interview process and kind of humoring the idea and, and meeting the district manager of that company, you know, in that, in that area that eventually went to another company that is where I ended up uh, going for more money, which is the same amount that I was. Cause initially my wife's like, well, I mean, Hey, why not? You know, I know you're happy where you are, but maybe you can get more money or something. I mean, see, see, we can get, we both came up with a number and you know, that, that was the number that I gave the, the district manager when I got to the final interview and he didn't even, he didn't even balk. He didn't, he didn't even flinch nothing. He was like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, you know, and, and I'm like, dang, I should have thinking of myself, I should ask for more. I, I feel like it was probably like a, like a $10,000 increase or something on my, uh, on my, my yearly salary like that to me, that was huge. Like, dang. So, but anyway, my, my, my whole point to all that is saying that, um, I, I had a really good salary for, you know, retail management because of all the different, you know, because of the years that I had been in it. And excuse me, every time I went to a different company, I had gotten like a, a pay increase. And especially when I went to that company, which was kind of, you know, like two thirds of the way into that 15 years, you know, not, not the end, but like towards the end. And, um, I had gone, you know, got recruited, you know, and eventually got a lot more money going to a, a different company. So I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to replace that, that salary? So that, that's really, you know, back on track here. That's what I was really trying to figure out. Like I really enjoyed lawn care and that's all fine and dandy, but you know, I got to mow a lot more in six yards. I got to make this full time. How is this sustainable? What can I do? All that stuff. And at that time there finally was some stuff on YouTube um, and just on the internet in general, that was actually helpful. You know, like um, I remember Jason Creel with the lawn care life. He was, um, had some, you know, he's come a long way since then, but he, he had a YouTube channel and some, some info out there. He, he had his website and some, I think some training materials and some things like that out there that, that were helpful for sure. And I watched his videos that were helpful. And, and then I kind of started stumbling upon other people's videos. I was Googling things to research, of course. And once there's videos that, you know, Google owns YouTube, so they're going to recommend the YouTube videos that connect with what you Googled and, and the search and all that. And, I started stumbling upon the community that way, like the, in, in the early days, like the lawn care millionaire who's going to be speaking at the LCR summit. You know, he was the, literally the OG of YouTube, you know, like in this kind of realm, like he was the the main guy. And in, in the very beginning, I think 2013, he was making videos about lawn care, you know, like how to be more profitable, how this, how that talking about route density. I'd never even heard of such a thing and knowing your numbers and 
all these things. That's how I learned this stuff so quick because I stumbled upon the community in its infancy so quick. And I just binged watch all of Jonathan, the lawn care millionaires videos. And I, uh, you know, Sean Spencer with Spencer lawn care, you know, he, he had some videos. His wife wasn't even helping him in the beginning videos. It was just him. And he had his residential, you know, mower set up and, and all that, you know, like, I mean, he has come cute, you know, leaps and bounds, obviously over the last 10 years, you know, that or 15 years, probably that he's been in business, you know, cause he'd been in, in business a couple of years prior to when I stumbled upon him 10 years ago. So he had come along, he's come a long way as well. And, but I mean, I remember I was learning things from him, you know, I was learning things from anyone that put stuff out there. Cause I, I wasn't, I barely did anything. I was just mowing some lawns part-time. I was just trying to figure it out using what business sense and knowledge and common sense and things that I had acquired through time and being in retail management and what little bit I could find on the internet, you know, but I started watching these guys and, and, you know, the, the rest is history because then I created my own YouTube channel and started making my own content. And obviously, you know, what, what you know me as now is, is, is the rest is history, right? Like I've, I've come to this point, but my first year that I went full time in lawn care, which was that next year, you know, I was part time one year and I'm like, I got to figure this out. And, you know, but then like I kind of was was pushed out because my uh, my store manager at the time had come into my office this time of year, actually, November holiday season. He had um, come into my office, looked at my pictures of my family. I know I've said this before, so forgive me if you've already heard it, but it's just relevant to, to what I'm saying. But he came in, he looked at the pictures of my family and said, you have a beautiful family. And I'm like thinking to myself, what, where is he going with this? Cause he, you know, we didn't really get along that well. He wasn't the nicest person in the world and he was always getting on my case. So I'm like, what, what, you know, what is, what is all this? Like, where's I'm waiting for the, you know, the other shoe to drop or whatever these, this, these sayings or expressions are, you know? And I'm like, Thanks. Like all kind of real hesitantly. And he was like, you're going to have to choose either them or this place because you can't do both. And, you know, it's just like an awkward silence. I was just mortified, you know, by that, by, by what he said. And, you know, I think he might've tried to just peter off some more stuff, like elaborate more on what he was saying. Like, you know, it's, it's just too much. It's just too hard. And, you know, just trying to like be Whatever. I think he was ultimately just trying to get change. He was trying to either get me out or to get me committed to all in in this company. And like, who cares about my family? Like, you know, or maybe he thought I was distracted by my family and, and I just needed to leave and focus on my family. But obviously that's not the right way to handle it. Right. I'm assuming everyone listening to that was like, what in the world? If it was your first time, even your second time, maybe you're still like, dang, I can't believe he said that. But that was kind of the catalyst though, is my whole point of bringing that back up. Cause at that point I was, you know, it was the end of the, my part-time mowing season, right? It was November. So the grass was going dormant. There wasn't anything to cut anymore. Um, here in Virginia, we, we go all the way through the month of November typically. Um, and you know, the leaves and everything, we're mulching up leaves and stuff. So that can kind of go into December depending on what we want to offer. You know, like we can do some leaf cleanups for people in December if they got a lot of trees in their yard, things like that. So, but I don't think I was doing any of that. I was just pretty much wrapping everything up and, um, you know, just the grass wasn't growing anymore. And I was pretty much done, I believe at that point. Um, but so I was really trying to focus on uh, how do I go full time? What do I do? And so on. And then that happened. He said that. And I was like, you know, forget this. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm just going to figure it out. Like, I just, I, I can't take this anymore. I just, I just broke like that broke me. I mean, I was already in a really bad, dark place anyway. I was already super depressed. Couldn't, you know, wasn't spending time with my family. I was working all the time and I was mowing lawns, you know, too, but 
surprisingly, my family, you know, my wife and my ki- my kids were younger anyway, but you know, everybody was supportive of me mowing lawns because they kind of probably felt like that might've been a way out for me. And they knew that it's something I enjoyed and they just hoped that maybe that would give me some sort of happiness, you know, through all the craziness. They never thought I was just going to up and quit retail like that, but <laughs> like I did so suddenly, but, um, I just cracked, you know, because when I was with my family, I wasn't there. I wasn't present. I was like a shell of myself. So it just really, it really, uh, it really broke me, you know, in, in, in every way. And, and I've been trying to repair my marriage and my relationship with my kids ever since, you know, over the last 10 years, you know, I mean, I, I worked on destroying it for, you know, the the first 10 years of my marriage and, you know, my kid's life. And now I'm trying to repair it for 10, you know, it's, it's going to take as long, if not longer, you know, so I've, I've been working hard at it, but the key was pressing the hard reset button and making a change. So that was my priority, right? I, I was really just trying to make that change. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, how am I going to get through the winter when we have no work? How, you know, how are we going to pay the bills over the winter and things like that? And, you know, what, I just kind of made these things up quickly as I went along. And fortunately though, you know, I want to make sure I keep saying this every time I, every chance I get to not give people false hopes or the idea um, or the perception that, you know, that I just, you know, set the heck with it and just jumped as far as I could to reach the boat without it being that close to the dock and saying, Hey, screw it. I'm just going to go for it. And I just happened to succeed. Like I, I don't want that, that, you know, if that was the case, I would, that would be the exception, not the rule. Right. So fortunately for me, my wife had a full-time job at the time. She'd already been working and she'd gone back to work kind of part-time as the kids, as our, our son, our, who was our youngest child went into kindergarten. So he was now in school full-time so she could have like a, a job, a part-time job, like during the day, right. When, when, when our kids were in school and then eventually as our kids got older and our daughter was old enough to um, you know, like get our son off the bus or whatever. And, 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 um, they could be home, you know, alone for a short amount of time while my wife was, you know, on her way home or whatever. Um, she, you know, she got a full-time job eventually there. So she had been, um, working full-time for about a year before I made the decision to just quit retail cold Turkey. Like I put in my two weeks and they didn't even let me finish the two weeks. They were just like, yeah, you're, we're, we're good. You can, you can peace out. I'm like, whatever, fine. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm, in full transparency, you know, I, I was, I was not, you know, not doing a good job, you know, like towards the end there, I was just so checked out. I was so upset and angry and depressed that I, I could barely even be an effective uh, leader and, you know, manager at that point as well. So, you know, they were just like, so, and then when you put in two weeks, you're definitely checking out. Right. So I was like doing the bare minimum, you know, and um, it's sad because that's not who I am, but I was just so, I was just so broken. So they, they, you know, they let me go like probably a week into my two weeks and, and I just went all into lawn care. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to figure this out? But like I said, my wife had a full-time job, but it wasn't enough. She didn't make enough to pay for all of our bills. Um, I, my salary at the time in retail management was enough to pay all of our bills. So her salary or whatever, I don't even know if she was salary at the time, but her paycheck was extra, you know, so we were able to start saving up and, you know, planning vacations. And, you know, I was just kind of like barely even a part of that because I, I was just so depressed, but you know, I would go along on the vacations and things like that, but we were starting to, you know, kind of make positive progress, right? Like, you know, whatever little personal debt we may have had at, the, at that point, you know, being paid off or chipped away at, you know, like I said, saving up for vacations and all that, paying off a cruise in advance or something, I think, you know, things like that. So my wife was like, thinking everything was great financially. And then I just was like, you know, <laughs> I quit and she's like, oh my gosh. So she, you know, she was kind of a little, 
panicked, of, of course, she told me after the fact, you know, but she wanted to be as supportive as possible, obviously, so that I could kind of get on my feet as quick as possible so that I can supplement our income and, and make as much money as I could so that in combination with her paycheck, we would still be able to pay our bills, which which is what happened because I quickly immersed myself, like I said a little while ago, into research, into Google, and, and, and then stumbling upon YouTube and just really learning a lot and watching tons of videos and spending hours and hours and hours in front of our computer in our, our home office in our bedroom and um, really trying to figure it out, you know, looking for invoicing software and like right out the gate. Like I, I you know, I, there's a lot of things that I knew for whatever reason, right out the gate. Like I was all about technology. Like I'm not going to get a carbon copy, you know, receipt book from, from an office supply store or something. I'm not going to, you know, handwrite things on a calendar. Like I, I'm, I'm going like, yeah, I've got a notebook or a notepad to jot some notes down and do quotes that way in the beginning. But, you know, I need to make this as streamlined as possible. I don't want to be spending all this time after work and before work and all that at home doing stuff. I want to be able to do things on the fly, do an estimate on the property, on the spot or, you know, in, in my truck after I walked the property, met with the person and so on and, and be done with it. You know, shoot, send it out to them and be done and move on to the next thing. And when I get home, I'm home. You know, I don't have to worry about invoicing and all these things, you know, and, and I wanted everything to be as automated as possible, even back then, 10 years ago. And there wasn't as much back then as there is now to help automate and streamline things. But I was trying to find whatever I could to utilize um, back then. So I just did a ton of research because, I mean, I had a couple of months before we could really do anything, right? Like I, I, I quit in December. It was sometime in December. It was right around right around Chris, the Christmas holiday. It was either before or right after that my last day was. Um, but, you know, it, so I had all of January to do nothing because there was no lawns to be mowed or anything that I could think of. So I was trying to figure out what else to do. And then February, similar, similar deal. It does start to warm up towards the end of February around here. So we can do a lot of things like pruning, cleaning up mulch beds, putting down fresh mulch, that kind of stuff. But the grass doesn't really start greening up and growing until March, usually middle to end of March. So there's a lot of time still, if all you're doing is cutting grass, what else are you going to do right until the middle of March? So unless, unless the weather's in your favor, but you can never guarantee that. So you got to think outside the box and do more, more kind of, you know, softscaping, as people say, more landscaping stuff than lawn care stuff, um, because there, there's nothing else to do. So I really try to dig into all that stuff. And, you know, that's when I created my, my actual business name and got a logo and got it licensed in my county and, you know, um, try to figure out uniforms and get some shirts and hats. And I went through a bunch of different iterations of that over the years, but I wanted to at least start off with something and, you know, try to do whatever. My logo has always been the same, but, you know, I had different color shirts and different types of shirts, polos, t-shirts, long sleeve, this, that, and the other thing, short sleeve, whatever, you know, uh, um, and, and just went through that whole evolution. But I always tried to make sure that I was branded and, you know, everything was logoed up and, um, you know, even, even my truck in the beginning, I just had magnets on my doors. But then, you know, when I, when I evolved, when I got rid of that truck and evolved into, I don't know how to say get rid of, when I parted ways with that truck that lasted me five years longer than I thought I was going to have it for. And I invested in, in some newer equipment, a newer truck. A tr when I got my enclosed trailer, actually, I still had my original truck. So, but when I got my enclosed trailer, I invested in getting that all lettered up. 
and everything. So I could really uh, brand and advertise everywhere I go. People could see my huge logo and my contact info and all that stuff. And you know, that, that was all building the brand. So I, I learned all that super quick and just, I just really, I knew that that was a thing and I really focused on that and focused on what services can I offer and, and, you know, how to do them and what kind of, you know, hand tools do I need? And just really starting from the ground up and started, you know, getting my name out there and, and, and building my business. And, and that's, that's another episode for another day really on how I kind of did all that. Cause that there is a lot of, a lot of stuff there that I, that I did that would probably be helpful to you guys. But I just wanted to focus on all that being said, I didn't think about what do I do next winter? Like I just never really got there. I just was focused so much on how do I get to making as much money as possible quickly, as quickly as possible, because I did have a little bit of a safety net leaving. Um, when I quit retail, the company that I worked for, actually pays you out any vacation that you didn't use. So I had quite a bit of vacation time because it's hard to, you know, if you know, you know, but it's like a fight to the death to try and get time off because not only is every other weekend some made up holiday, that's a blackout, you know, for some reason that you can't have off, but um, you're fighting with all the other supervisors and managers, you know, like it, it, could, it could be two or, or 10 and you're like, you know, depending on the size of the, of the store and what company, you know, I was at. And it's like a, you're constantly fighting to, who's going to get their, their, their request in first, you know, and it's, oh, sorry, so-and-so already requested that off. And you're like, dang it. You know, and it's, it's like, it was a hard way to live for sure. It, it was hard for a family. Quality of life was not where it needed to be for me anyway. And most of the people that I knew in that industry were divorced or single and didn't even have kids, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard for a, a family man and woman, a happily married family to be in retail management at, at the level that I was at. Maybe some of the smaller stores, the mom and pop shops, things like that maybe might be easier. But when you get to these big, big boxed, you know, um, uh, national chain stores. Um, it's, it's, it is difficult. Are you feeling stuck in the slow lane of business growth? Wondering how to assemble a dream team that propels your business forward or perhaps putting in the hustle, but not seeing the financial results that you crave. We get it, but guess what? We've got the game changing event you've been waiting for. Get ready for the LCR summit, your ultimate experience to get answers and take action. Join industry Titans, Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Marvin Salcedo, Paul Jamison, Mr. Producer and Jeremy Vest in dynamic workshops on marketing, team building and company culture, budgets, break evens and bottom lines, podcasting and YouTube content creation designed to kick your business into high gear picture this two days of hands-on interactive sessions in the heart of atlanta georgia at the creators clubhouse on january 19th and 20th limited seats ensure an engaging experience so you're not just attending you're participating collaborating and transforming oh and did we mention a special bonus brace yourselves for jonathan potoshnik the lawn care millionaire delivering a keynote that's worth the price of admission alone LCR Summit event host Naylor Taliaferro says, I wish this event existed when I started my business. It's a unique opportunity to connect with industry leaders and invest in the future growth of your business. Click the link in the episode description or head straight to lcrsummit.com to snag your seat before they sell out. And by the way, tickets are fully refundable because, hey, we get it. Business emergencies happen. And when there's snow, you got to go. So invest in your future worry-free. Here's to the clear skies and bright future of your business. We'll see you January 19th through the 20th at the LCR Summit, lcrsummit.com.
I, I had a lot of time, right? Back to what I was trying to say. I had a lot of time saved up that I wasn't able to use. I didn't save up intentionally. You know, I, I tried to use it, but I just, I couldn't use it as much. I only got, I was only able to take like one week or so a year, you know, when I, I really had enough for two or three weeks worth of time, but I could never get that time off. So all that time went back to me in, in the form of my, of a paycheck. So like my final paycheck was basically like a month's worth of paychecks. It, it was that much vacation time. So it was great. So I had like a, a buffer, right? So I had like, you know, my last paychecks probably came in the beginning of January or something. Um, and then, so that got me through the whole month of January. So then February was the first month where I needed to make, you know, needed to make money. But of course I was trying to make money in January. I mean, I was doing crazy stuff. Like again, another episode for another day. Sorry. I don't want to get off on too many rabbit holes here. I wanted to stay focused on Amazon. <laughs> I talked about that a long time ago. Jeez. I also worked at UPS, but to, just to get back on track of the point of this episode is I did so much in the front end and just kind of forgot about the back end. And, and I didn't have anything in place to get me through the winter financially. So when it got towards the end of the season and my wife's like, what are you going to do over the winter? I'm like, I don't know. It's a good question. Like, you know, I, I just, I didn't know what to do. So I had to get a job, but halfway through like the season, somewhere over the summer, I believe is when I stumbled upon, um, Stan Dirt Monkey Genetics podcast, his original podcast back in the day. I don't even remember what it was called. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was one of the only podcasts, you know, there was the, um, lawn care business success with Julio Tomei up in Canada, his, his podcast, he had his at that time as well. He is literally one of the OGs or the OG of lawn care podcasts, but then some more started popping up here and there, but Stan had his, and again, there wasn't that many other ones there. It was, it was, it was a uh, long care business success. And then Stan, and Stan, you know, had tons of experience in the industry. Um, and you know, he, he was interviewing a lot of, a lot of big guests and he had interviewed Mike Michalowicz from the profit first plan at that time was his new book that had just come out, but he's got a lot, a lot of books prior and after, um, that, but I remember listening to that episode and I was hooked on the profit first plan. And I, I got the book and listened to it like the audio book and listened to it and was hooked, told my wife about it. She was like, let's do it. Cause my, my wife comes from an accounting background. That's usually, that's, that's basically what all of her jobs have been ever since I've met her part-time or full-time has been some sort of bookkeeping, accounting, payroll, all that kind of, all the numbers. So she's of course been very helpful for my business is with all of that, you know, but starting out with my lawn care business, she was definitely helpful, did all the books and that kind of stuff helped me out with that. So that was one thing I didn't have to worry about. And then when I got to the payroll point, uh, you know, later on in my business, she helped me with that as well and, and, and everything. So that, that was, that was a benefit, but so she, she, caught on. She, um, yeah, she caught on right away with the profit first plan. I was like, let's do it. But you know, it was kind of too late to really have utilized that to have money saved up for, um, the winter. So basically without going into the whole profit first plan, it's, um, you basically break up, you, you, you have open up a whole bunch of different accounts. Like instead of just having one checking account, you have maybe, you might have another checking account, but basically you open a bunch of savings accounts that you take all of the money that comes into your checking account from your business and you disperse it twice, you know, however many times. But, you know, the profit first plan is, um, I believe it was twice, uh, to, you know, twice, uh, tw twice a month. And, um, you know, you, on the 15th and the 30th or wh whatever it was, I haven't listened to the book in a long time, but the, the basic message is you want to disperse the money frequently throughout the month that you get deposited 
into these different accounts so that it doesn't look like you have $10,000 or something at one point in your checking account. And you're like, oh, I can just go buy that new trimmer or something like, oh yeah, whatever. But like, okay, well you might not have money for that new trimmer because that $10,000 might need to be dispersed to all these other things like payroll, insurance, you know, um, other miscellaneous, you know, all the, like the consumable stuff, like your gas and your oil and all these, all the things that accumulates over time, uh, throughout this season, you know, and, and, um, you should be, you know, one of those accounts is winter savings. So you can save putting a, a certain percentage aside, every single disbursement throughout the month, every month goes into winter savings. So this way you have your winter savings over the winter so that if it does slow down with your business and you're not bringing in as much cash flow, as much revenue, then you can, you know, you can fall back on your winter savings and you can take something, you know, take some withdrawals from your your winter savings to pay a bill or whatever, you know, as if you were still getting that, that money in, you know, from, from work. So it's just, it's just kind of reallocating your money. So we, that, 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 that's what we ended up doing after that. And, and I never had to work anywhere again through the winter other than my own business. But in the beginning, I, I didn't, I didn't have enough time to figure that out. I only stumbled upon that, like I said, over the summer and there wasn't enough time to build up enough to get through the winter, but it was something that we wanted to implement as soon as possible and then let it build up and all that. There's also a taxes account. So you're not caught off guard paying your taxes at the end of the year, all that kind of stuff. So if you want more info, look up the profit first plan, you know, on audible or Amazon or Google. And, you know, you get all the information there. There's all kinds of stuff nowadays, but you know, the actual book still exists, of course, and you can read it or listen to it or both. Um, if you want more information, it, it, it's a great philosophy for sure to be able to manage your money better. Um, and it was something that we've been doing for, for years, you know, all this time ever, ever since then. But so going into that winter, I didn't know what to do because there was no winter savings. And I knew that I was going to run out of stuff to do. And, you know, I was able to do kind of the same kind of stuff that I did last year or, or you know, the beginning of that year when I went front, front heavy, you know, um, all the different miscellaneous stuff. I tried to do some of that stuff too. And, you know, now that I had regular, you know, I had more clients, more than six, I had like 36 or something probably that I was able to get up to by that point. Um, you know, that, that brings more, more miscellaneous work, of course, but it, it still was scary and not enough for, to, to help, you know, my wife pay our bills with, with her, um, paycheck as well. So, I had to get another job. So I did not want to go back in retail for sure. I definitely didn't want to go back. Like I, I was adamant when I quit retail, I am not going back to retail, even though my nightmare leaf removal story, that's like episode one or not one, like episode five or something in, in the archives here of this podcast, if you want to go all the way back and check that out and listen to that. But that, that almost made me quit before I barely even started, you know, like right after I went full time, I think, you know, I, I got stuck in a leaf job again, trying to find, you know, trying to, uh, muster up all the work I can over the winter slash early spring and got involved in something that I was like, wow, what, what, I, what am I doing? Like, I can't do this. And I was literally thinking about going back in retail, you know, it, it was, it was a terrible feeling to be at, you know, like, you know, feeling like you were going to quit right after you started, basically, you know, like feeling defeated like that, but I was able to get through it. Social media definitely helped because I was, you know, starting to, um, stumble upon, you know, some of the guys and girls in, in, in the industry, uh, that were creating content and all that. And that, that was just, you know, uh, one of the ways to help me get through it. But the whole story again is on this, on the, <laughs> another episode, but ultimately, um, 
you know, I, I, I tried to do whatever I could, like I said, to, to muster up the business some, but it, it, it just, it just wasn't enough. So, and, and I didn't, I didn't want to go back in retail and I found, however, they're probably advertising like crazy because they need so many people um, during the holidays to keep up with the increased demand. So I ended up working um, at Amazon, the fulfillment center, and I kind of went into what that is and the details a little bit about that in the beginning of this episode. So I'm not going to hash that back out, but I was a picker, we'll say. I'll just tell you that. And when I met somebody, I don't know if it was like or, when our, our orientation or something and there's, you know, 10 different people, you know, kind of from all, all, all different you know, like we're all mixed up. We all have different jobs that we're going to be doing or whatever. And, you know, people ask me, what, so what are you going to be doing? I'm like, oh, I'm a picker. And they're like, oof, good luck with that. I'm like, oh man, dang, that's terrible. Like you didn't get to, at, you didn't get to choose what you wanted to be. They just kind of put you in wherever they, wherever they wanted you to be, I guess. And let's just say being a picker, you know, picking all the merchandise, you know, for all the different orders that come through and putting them in the bins at lightning speed is, um, you know, keeping up with the quota is definitely a, a not for the faint of heart. It's literally, it's definitely one of the most challenging jobs to have in the Amazon Fulfillment Center versus putting and sorting and packing, you know, packing everyone's pa um, stuff up. You know, you just stand there at, the, at your little kiosk the whole day, you know, just, just going through every orders, you know, boxing everything up, taping it up, putting labels on and sending it down the sound down the conveyor and you just keep doing that over and over again all day. I know that can be monotonous and they have quotas as well, but you're not literally running around, even though they say not to run, but like they say that to UPS and FedEx too, but they're running through everyone's yards trying to make their quota. It's like, how do you expect us not to run and be safe when you have these crazy, seemingly unachievable um, or unsustainable, I should say, um, you know, quotas or whatever. It's just craziness. So it's, it, like I said, it's, it's borderline slave labor in, in warehouses for sure. Um, so it, it was tough, but I did that all winter long. And the crazy thing was at one point I thought to myself, you know, may, may, maybe I can keep doing this and, um, you know, like maybe I can switch the times or, or, or I can just, cause I had the, I had the overnight shift was another thing. That was crazy. That was like a whole another life there. Like I was literally getting home when everyone got up for, for school and my wife for work, my, I basically had breakfast with them, which was like my dinner. And then they would all leave and I would go to bed and I would sleep all day. And then my daughter, which was cute and sweet. My daughter was usually the first one home because she got off the bus first and she would come home and her job, her task was to come upstairs and give me a kiss on the cheek and say, it's time to wake up daddy or whatever cute thing she said, which, which was amazing. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right. But so then I would wake up and then I would, but I would feel like death. <laughs> I felt like a zombie and I, you know, I would get myself together and probably take a shower or whatever. If I didn't take a shower before I went to bed or whatever the order of that was or whatever. And I just try and get myself together. My wife would get home and she'd start making dinner. And basically like the, that whole time frame, I would just be getting ready for work. You know, it was like I was getting up in the morning, but it was the afternoon slash early evening that I was, you know, getting up and brushing my teeth and, you know, taking a shower, getting dressed, shaving, you know, not obviously in that order, but uh, just getting ready for my day. And then instead of heading down for breakfast, I'd head, head down for dinner with my family. And, you know, I, I usually had an hour or so, you know, to have dinner and catch up with stuff and do whatever. And, and then I'd go to work and it was rinse and repeat, you know, like five, six days a week. A lot of times I worked overtime when, when they had it. So I'd work six days and, 
you know, I was just hustling, man. I was grinding out and I did still have miscellaneous jobs to do throughout the winter. Right. It just wasn't enough, you know, to, to, to pay our bills, but I did still have some leaf jobs and some pruning things. I still had regular, my regular clients that still needed things to be taken care of. So that was a little tedious because then I had to somehow figure out how to do that. So a lot of times I would come back from Amazon, I would go home and, you know, say hi to my family, have something to eat and change into my lawn care clothes. And then they'd go to work and school and I'd go to work and do, you know, lawn, uh, lawn care uh, project for an hour or two, you know, hopefully that's all it would take. And then I would, then I would go back home and take a shower and put on my pajamas or whatever and go to bed for a few hours less than what I, what I wanted to and rinse and repeat that whole thing. So that, that, that was crazy. That was definitely not me talking this through and reliving this in the moment. That was pretty crazy for sure. But I kind of got used to it, I guess you could say after two or three months of that. Cause like I started in like, I think December, um, you know, right. Like the beginning of December, you know, maybe, maybe end of November, maybe, I think maybe, um, that's a lot of maybes right there, but it might've been the process might've started in November. And then, uh, you know, I didn't really start hardcore working till the end of November or early December something like that. And then I worked all the way through February. So December, January, February, I worked till the end of February. So a, a good solid three months. So, I mean, I was pretty much a regular, I had everything down pat, had my routine down pat. I was like, whatever. Um, and at one point I thought to myself, maybe I can, you know, if I can maybe change my schedule to work like the day shift and, you know, maybe I can, um, get stuff done, lawn care done after my shift is over at Amazon and on my days off and on the weekends and, and just really try and make as much money as I can and start stockpiling some stuff, saving up for, you know, whatever, um, for my business and all that. And I told my wife and she's like, you're crazy. Like, you're going to kill yourself. Are you serious? Like, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably not the best. But the kicker of that all, though, was as the spring was coming, right, towards the end of February, um, there was more projects popping up from my existing clients and new customers that could potentially become a, a, a regular client that were like landscape type projects, like cleanups, pruning, all that kind of stuff, fresh mulch, all the above and just one of those jobs, one or maybe two of those jobs that I could get done in one day paid me more because I had minimal expenses, right? I was solo. So I didn't have any, you know, no payroll. I didn't even have workers comp at that point. I just had general liability, you know, my insurance, I was under my wife's insurance policy. If anything happened to me or whatever, um, you know, I had minimal stuff. My truck was paid off, was paid for. I, I traded my Jeep compass in for my old used, uh, 1999, I think F-150 it was in good shape. It was like the newer version. It wasn't the big boxy one. I think they had just transitioned over into the more rounded version of, of the, of the body style in 1999. So it, it still looked like it was, you know, it still looked like most of the other F-150s. It just was a lot older. So that was paid for, you know, I didn't have to pay anything that actually the, 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 the Ford dealer actually sent me a check for like 600 something bucks. Cause the Jeep compass was worth more than that F-150 at that time. So I actually made money off of that. And then, um, all I had to do was pay, pay my, my, uh, walk behind mower and my open trailer. I borrowed money from a family member for that. And I just had to pay them back for that. Um, which I paid it, you know, that it only took one full season for me to be able to pay that off. So I really had minimal expenses, right? You know, so like I had high, 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 my highest profit margins 
were those jobs early on because, you know, there's very minimal. I didn't have a whole bunch of equipment. I didn't have payroll, all the stuff I just said. So there, there was very minimal overhead. So I made, you know, the kicker was in one day I made more money on some landscaping jobs or job. It might've been one or two. I don't remember, but I just remember that a specific week, this happening like one day. And I'm like, I made more than I made in a whole week working more than 40 hours, like working five, 10, working like a, an extra shift for overtime. Like the most I had ever made in a week working like six days, you know, probably 10 hours overtime or whatever it was, or eight hours of overtime. I made less in that scenario at Amazon and worked like a dog than I made um, doing landscaping, something I enjoy. I don't enjoy landscaping as much as lawn care, but I definitely enjoy landscaping more than the craziness that I was dealing with at the Amazon Fulfillment Center. So I was enjoying myself. It was my own business and I was making more profits at the end of the day doing those, those bigger jobs, you know, than, than Amazon. So uh, that's, that's when I was like, yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to kill myself working at Amazon. That was a crazy idea. You know, you can't knock the hustle and everything. That's, that's, you know, that's cool. You know, I was, I was ready to grind it out, but you gotta, you gotta have like some, you gotta, you gotta think things through. So, so yeah, so that I, I, I quit Amazon and went, went back all in into lawn and landscaping my business. And, um, I focused on the profit first plan and just started putting that money away. So every winter since then, I've always had a winter, winter savings um, fund so that I would never have to worry about getting another job. Now I did work at UPS several years ago. So somewhere halfway in between the, the 10 years. So probably cause I'm going on my 10th, this is the, my ninth season that's just ending right now. So next season, you know, January technically will be my 10th year, 10th season um, uh, full time in business. So, Somewhere halfway through there, I'm guessing around the five-year mark, um, I did want to, you know, I had the winter savings, but I wanted to like get a new truck. I wanted to invest in a new truck and I wanted to invest in my business. I wanted to grow and I'm like, well, you know, I don't have any additional cash flow. All I have is my winter savings and what little bit is coming through right now. So, you know, like the little odds and odds and end jobs, like I talked about that I, that I was doing at that time, still, you know, years into it. Um, you know, as you build more clientele, then the, the work, it, it gets more year round and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I still didn't have, you know, a whole lot coming in. So I was dependent really on that winter savings to, to get us through every, every year. So I'm like, well, how can I, I can't take from that to invest in something else for my business, a new piece of equipment or a truck payment or something like that. Like what, you know, what am I going to do? So I'm like, well, maybe if I get a, a, another full-time job like I did with Amazon, but not Amazon, maybe I can find something else um, that's also still not retail that I can work full-time for the holidays, right? Everyone's hiring for the holidays. So it's, I can kind of just pick and choose what I, what I want to, what I want to do and make, make some extra money that way. So I, somehow I chose UPS again. I don't know if they were, you know, advertising again or whatever, because it's super busy for them too, just like it is for Amazon. But I ended up working at, at, at Amazon. I mean, uh, at UPS as a, a driver helper, I think is technically what the, the position is called. And, um, 
you know, where basically you just sit in the passenger seat, which is not even a real seat, just like a little fold down bench thing that you sit in right next to that wide open door. You got to buckle in so you don't fall out. You know, sometimes the door, you close the door if it's real cold out or something, but typically the UPS guys leave their doors wide open so they can save time and run in and out quicker. It's one less thing they have to do. It's all about efficiency with UPS. And I learned, I learned some things, you know, working for them and I learned some things working for Amazon as well. Like I don't ever want to do that again. Right. (laughs) But you know, there's, there, there, there's, things that you can, um, that I can take away and you should be able to take away from everything, you know, good situations and bad situations. So I I learned some stuff from UPS as well, but they're very efficient, learned a lot about UPS and, you know, how their routes are and their route density and all that. And, you know, they're always making right-hand turns and, you know, they, they very rarely turn left, you know, on if they, if they can, you know, left at a light, cause then they got to wait. Right. So that you can always, almost always turn right on red. So they're always trying to go right, you know? So sometimes, you know, they had, they had to do what they had to do, but for the most part, they keep it super efficient. Everything is grouped together, blah, blah, blah. So I did that and I did make some extra money, but at the same time, I was thinking to myself, every time we pulled into an HOA or a commercial property or something, you know, rolling through a neighborhood and I see the guys out there and it was a different side of town. So it wasn't like, you know, which is also interesting because there was other people that I hadn't found that, that I hadn't, didn't even know existed like other lawn care businesses that just don't come over to this side of town where I am that were over on the, on the other side of town, which good for them route density. Right. So, I mean, they're like, yeah, I'm not going over, you know, driving 25 minutes, 30 minutes to the other side of town to do stuff over there. So good for them. They had enough, they built up their, their routes over there. So I was able to see other lawn care businesses, maybe some that I had heard of, but not seen and some that I had never heard of or seen and just kind of watch them and see what they're doing. And, oh, that's cool. You know, as we're driving by or whatever. Um, but it also made me a little envious, to be honest. I'm like, man, I should be out there getting after it. Like all they're doing is cleaning up leaves. Like there's tons of leaves. Like what in the world? Like they're doing like, you know, I worked at UPS all the way into the beginning of January when they started laying people off. And um, I'm not sure if they laid me off or I just quit. I I, I think I just was like, yeah, I'm good now or something. I, I don't, I don't remember how it ended to be honest. Um, there's probably, you know, potential for me to stay longer or whatever, just like at Amazon. But I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know? And, and everyone's like, oh, why? And I'm like, oh, I already, I already have my own lawn care business. And then they look at me all confuzzled, like, what? <laughs> why are you working here if you have your own business? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I've only been doing it for, you know, at the Amazon. I was like, I just started my business. So, I mean, I was just trying to supplement in- income. And they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then they looked all sad when I left, like, man, I wish I could do something like that. I'm stuck here, you know? Um, and at the UPS, they're like, dang, must be nice. And I'm like, yeah, I just, just don't have enough winter work. So I just want to keep busy. And they're like, man, must be nice. Just working for UPS to keep busy, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, whatever. So to each their own, right. I just, I just, I can't, I can't just sit around and do nothing. I gotta, I gotta always get after it. So, but I was like, man, I'd rather be getting after it in my own business than sitting on this UPS truck, running around, you know, delivering packages as fun as that was sometimes. I mean, you know, I had a really good driver, he was always jamming to, you know, he'd, he'd put the old, uh, Bluetooth speaker up on the, uh, up on the dash and we'd be blasting, you know, um, Christmas music. And he had all the Samsung products, you know, he had the, the earbuds, the watch, you know, the phone connected to the Bluetooth. And I mean, we would just be, we'd be having the time of our life, you know, wearing Santa hats and we'd just be 
I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, you make, you make what you can of everything. Right. So we, we were just, we were living it up, man. We, we were having a good time making the best out of the situation. And it wasn't really that cold. The majority of the time we had some cold days, but for the most part, it was, it was a good typical mild winter there uh, here in, in Virginia um, then as well. So we had a good time, but at the same time, it was still, you know, it was still tough, you know, <laughs> it was still hard work. It was still a lot of running around up and down, you know, packages and, and remembering where everything is. And, you know, cause you know, the, the, the novelty wears off after the first couple of weeks, he expects me to know everything. Like, don't screw up, you know, like you should know we're at this apartment every, every week or every day or whatever, like you should know where everything is. And I, I had to get to know all the codes, you know, on the labels and this and that, and scanning everything on my phone with an app or, or no, no, I could have done that. And I guess gotten, gotten paid more or something or whatever nonsense, but I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'll just use your scanner. So I, they had a scanner that I had that I used and all that stuff. But I would much rather have been home with my family and getting after it. In my business is, is my points. But so again, another, another, another lesson learned that what happened out of that was let me focus on how to extend my season and get more winter work, which meant I had to face leaves again. I had to conquer my, my, um, loathingness or whatever, my, my, uh, <clears throat> my bad feelings, my not so good feelings about leaf removal and leaf cleanups. I had stayed away from that for years leading up to that point, because I just, after my initial, you know, nightmare story that I said, again, is like episode five or something, but, um, I just stayed away from it because it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I wasn't familiar with. It really was, it was a, a terrible experience for me. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. So I stayed away from it, but the only way to, to get after it, you know, over the winter, instead of, um, you know, being, um, working for UPS or Amazon or whatever, getting another job was to get back into leaves. So that's what I did. I, I, I was committed. I'm like, forget this. I'm never doing this again. You know, I didn't have to work at UPS. Like when I left Amazon, what I learned from Amazon was I am never going to have to do this again. I'm never going to be in this position where I have to work somewhere over the winter, like other than my own business, like this is ridiculous. Uh, this was ridiculous, you know, like, so, um, I didn't have to, so I, I give myself solace by saying I, I worked at UPS because I wanted to, not because I had to, but you know, we're, we're splitting hairs really. You know what I mean? Like I could have not worked at UPS and just, you know, stayed home with my family and got caught up on family time and enjoying the holidays and doing the little projects here and there in my business and and living off of winter savings and what little bit I was generating through those winter months with uh, fresh projects and been fine. But let's be honest, like I didn't want to be fine. I wanted to grow my business and I, and I, I hadn't, you know, I, I, I was leaving money on the table by not extending my, my, uh, my season and, and offering more services like leaf removal and leaf cleanups and all that. I was just cutting that all out and leaving that to other people to make that money. And, you know, as much as I enjoyed the extra time with family and all that, I wasn't able to grow my business any further without making that extra money. Like what if I had employees that I wanted to keep on year round, then what, you know, like all these different scenarios started popping up in my head and making me realize that I had to get over my fear of leaves and get after it, you know, and I, and I did, did that in a whole series of ways. I've also talked about that in, in other previous episodes where I networked with a lot of the local guys around here, um, that have leaf setups, different types of leaf setups, box trailers, box trucks, open trailers, bagging, tarping, all the different things, just, you know, leaf 
plows, blowers, leaf vacs, all the different things. And I, and I put them all on, on my YouTube channel at, at Lawn Care Rookie as well. There's a, a playlist for leaf removal setups, I believe, is what the name of the playlist is. But something along those lines, if you just look up, go on my YouTube channel and look at my playlist, you'll see it. I don't have that many playlists, but uh, or type in leaves or leaf or something leaf removal. But so I learned a lot from my, my peers, right. Peers and mentors at at that time. And that kind of helped me feel more comfortable, kind of evolve my own setup, try to figure out what I wanted to do for, for my business. And, you know, I, I haven't looked back ever since. So I've never needed to go back anywhere over the winter, nor do I want to, I just kind of refocused my business. So, but with all that being said, the point to all this is if you're just starting out, it's going to happen. Right. But if you're just starting out like next year, you're hearing this now in November, maybe December, if you're you know behind um, or if you just stumbled upon my podcast, thank you um, for listening. But if you're just getting into getting thinking about or getting ready to go full time or, you know, the boat's close to the dock, like we say, or whatever, and you're going to take that leap, maybe quit whatever job you currently have and go full time into your lawn landscape business or whatever the scenario is, if it's going to be your first year, Maybe just, you know, take heed in the things that I said and <clears throat> be be uh, be conscious of that. Like, don't just focus on front loading everything. Of course, you want to get get your business off the ground, but you want to keep it going as well. And don't don't forget about, you know, all, all the different things that you um, can potentially do to keep cash, you know, keep revenue, keep cash flow and revenue coming in. Um, over the winter, you know, of course, depending on where you live in the country, of course, that's going to have an impact as well. I mean, the further south you are, the, the more, the easier it is, I should say, maybe that's not the right word to say, but it's, it's different. You know, you, you can, it, when you're, when you're, uh, f- the further south you are, you, there's still grass to be cut. You know, a lot of these guys go from weekly to biweekly, you know, and they, they still keep it short. Um, and there's other things, you know, like everything's regional, right? Some people are putting pine straw down and <clears throat> versus mulch. And, you know, there's just so many different scenarios. And of course, there's always leaves. You know, everyone's always got leaf removal. And up north, there's snow. You know, there's no more lawn care landscaping because everything's covered in snow. So now there's snow plowing. And, you know, what, whether you want to help another bigger company be part of the shoveling crew or or be a subcontractor and get a, put a plow on your truck and, and plow, you know, certain properties for them, or you just have your own business doing it. Either way, that's that's another way to get through the winter as well. So there, depending on where you live, obviously, there's different options. Um, but the, the key is to think about it and to be prepared so that you're not going into it feeling forced to work somewhere else, um, you know, part time or full time to, to help make ends meet. But if you do, don't feel bad. It's fine. It is what it is. I, I, I've been there, done that, like I said, for, you know, over the last hour um, with a lot of rabbit holes in between that were hopefully relevant and valuable to you guys. But I, uh, you know, I, I just want you to know that think ahead. If you do have to work another job, it's not a big deal. Don't beat yourself up about it. Learn from that. I mean, you should, you should be working hard in your own business, not in someone else's business. If that's the route that you went, you know, like I, like I said, I, I, I kind of enjoyed working for UPS a lot more than Amazon anyway, but I, Instead of watching these guys get after it, I want to be getting after it in my own business. 
So, you know, I made sure that I didn't have to or want to work anywhere else other than my own business. That's what I created my own business. Unless I've got, you know, guys running my business for me and then I can do something else, not necessarily work for UPS. There was a time that I was thinking, though, after that year, I was thinking because a UPS driver told me, he's like, you know, if you can get some reliable guys, they can be doing all your leaf cleanups and you could just be driving a truck. You don't have to be sitting here like me. You could be driving a truck and be making almost as much as I'm making, you know, for these seasonal drivers, they're paying them almost as much, like whatever that was, you know, 25, 20, 25 bucks an hour or something, you know, at that point, that was probably like four or five years ago. You know, that's not bad to just drive. I say just, but it's, <laughs> it is, uh, it's crazy fast pace, you know, in a, in a truck, right? You're not a, it's not the warehouse at, atmosphere, but you still have to be super efficient and you still have quotas to make and you got to get all your deliveries done by a certain time of the day and by the end of the day and all that stuff. So you, you can't, you have no time to mess around. You know, you got to go, 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 uh, make sure you're staying organized and you're not messing anything up and so on. But ultimately I felt like, man, I could do that. Like, you know, why not? I, I could, not necessarily full-time forever, but man, like maybe during the holidays, I could drive a UPS truck, you know, or one of their little, you know, small little things that they, you know, they get all the extras for the holidays and, you know, get the the U-Hauls and the Penske trucks or whatever, or, or vans for the seasonal drivers instead of the big, the big brown trucks. Sometimes they give the seasonal guys those too, but regardless, you know, you get the uniform, you get most of the same benefits, you get almost the same pay. I think, you know, the, the full-time UPS guys are making like over 30 bucks an hour without overtime. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty good salary. I'm sure it's a lot more now, pretty good salary and benefits working for UPS for sure, but it is very fast paced and it's just go, go, go all the time. And the holidays you're working nonstop, you do get a ton of overtime, but you know, I tried to avoid, I got out of retail because one of the many reasons was because I didn't want to, my holidays to be consumed with work all the time. You know, I just want to be able to work to live, but not live to work the entire holiday season away. You know, I want to enjoy it. So I've been able to enjoy the holidays Ever since I left retail, it used to be like a huge anxiety point for me, you know, dealing with all the traffic and going into the, to work and just mobs of people and chaos. And it's just so stressful for me. I'm not that kind of person. Some people thrive off of that kind of stuff. Like my wife loves the busy, fast paced environment like that. She loved it when she worked in retail. When we first met back in college, she, she loved, you know, just being on register and just ringing her life away all day <laughs> that, you know, the time flew by. I, I get that. But, you know, me as a manager, it was stressful because I couldn't just stand there and ring my life away all day. I had to deal with all the problems all day. <laughs> and that made the day longer, if you know what I mean. Like, if you know, you know. So anyway, different, different strokes for different folks. Right. But that's an old saying. Anyway, um, the bottom line is. For some crazy reason, I did think about working, uh, you know, dri driving the truck for UPS because once once I had already worked there, it, it, you know, he was like, oh, it'll be a shoe in and, 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 you know, I'll put my name down for you and everything like, you know, you'll be good. Like, it's almost guaranteed that you'll be able to drive a truck next year. You know, if you start early enough, like beginning of November, or maybe even end of October or whatever it was, and you start driving the truck and then your guys can take care of all the leaf cleanups and removals or whatever while you're driving the truck, you know, every day and you could be making bank. And I'm like, dang, he makes a pretty good point, but that's crazy. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to kill myself like that. Like again, back to, I want to spend time with my family, but also put in the work in my own, in my own business. So just keep all that in mind. There's, there's no shame, you know, in, 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 in working another job. If you have to, I get it, especially in the beginning, but I just wanted to share my feedback, my stories and rabbit holes to 
give some, provide some insight. Cause, cause you know, even if you're not new and maybe, you know, years in, you know, things, things change, you know, economy changes, whatever, um, things change in your business where you're like, man, things aren't going so well anymore. Like, you know, I might have to get another job or, or whatever. Like, you know, I get it, but maybe think about ways that you could have avoided that and ways that you can bounce back from that so that you can put in the work in your own business, more work in your own business. Like I need to get another job. I need to get another job in my business. How about that? Like maybe think outside the box, you know, maybe re revisit things that you maybe cast it aside that you weren't a fan of, or just didn't want to deal with that. Maybe something you might want to um, readdress or whatever, you know, and, and, and like I, they would leaves and stuff like that. So Again, it's your business. You do what you want to do. You do what you enjoy. That's what you're going to, that's what's going to be the best. Obviously you're going to do the best at what you enjoy. Uh, but sometimes we have to make those tough business decisions as well to keep things going and, and stay on the positive cash flow end and keep our business moving forward and growing and profitable for ourselves, our family, for if we have employees, their families, their well being, all that stuff. So that's, that's what I wanted to ramble on today about on this IBG episode. Another classic over an hour plus of, uh, <laughs> of me rambling on, on, on a specific topic with some bonus rabbit holes there and some of my life and all that good stuff. So hopefully you guys got some value out of it. Um, and enjoyed this episode as well. I hope you guys are having a good winter, good holiday season, and I will see you guys on the next episode until then. This is the lawn care rookie signing off. This has been an LCR media and Mr. Producer production.